Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to Hello Steve-O Podcast. This episode is for Wednesday, the 16th of October, 2019. You're very welcome back to the show. We've got a very exciting episode coming up. But a quick shout out about my shows that are coming up. I'm going to be doing my show that I did in the Dublin Fringe Festival, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, the first Fortnite Festival. And it's toured a little bit around Ireland as well. Son of a Preacher Man, my debut stand-up comedy hour is going to be in Central Arts in Waterford on November the 15th. Tickets are available on the website or on www.hellostevo.com. If you're new to the podcast, have a flick through. There's all sorts of amazing episodes there for you. We've got episodes on anything from um, John Connors, actor, activist, uh, proud member of the traveling community, um, is on episode one, I think. We've got amazing stuff like Ashton Rogerson, who we chatted to about, who started up a, a new way of cooking healthy food for kids in school. She started up a, an amazing canteen in um, Warramount Canteen over there in Dublin 8. What other episodes have we got? We've got the amazing Jenna who comes on and co-hosts with me from time to time. The funny, amazing Jenna. You'll see all all the episodes that Jenna's on are basically all the um, the weird episodes, the ones with weird titles, basically. We've got Andrew McKenna, who is a good pal of mine, who I played football with uh, for many years and who had recently spent some time um, in a psychiatric um and he uh, talks to us very honestly and openly about what he's been going through and the things that he's learned about himself, stuff like that. So the podcast has got everything going from from comedy to to mental health issues to to great stories to all sorts of stuff. So it's been it's been great fun doing all these things. And this episode is absolutely no different, ladies and gentlemen. I'm bringing you the fantastic comedian that is Keith Fox. I know Keith from from the from the circuit. Basically, we gigged together a couple of times. He had me out to his uh, new uh, comedy club out in Ashburn, Ashburn Comedy Club. We had a great night there. I think only a couple of weeks ago, actually. And Keith asked to come on to the show because he wanted about talk about something uh, in particular. As I'm sure a lot of you will know. Movember is coming up, the month of November, but the charity Movember, um, is, this is when they really start to kick into action. And uh, Movember is a, is a men's health awareness charity that um, is tackling uh, prostate cancer, testicular cancer, mental health issues, and suicide prevention in men. And um, obviously, as a lot of you will probably know, they uh, kind of started getting big when they did the thing where everybody grows a mo for Movember. Everybody grew a mustache to raise awareness about these uh, men's health issues. And um, it got it started in 2003, uh, Keith was telling me, which was uh, amazing. I remember growing a mustache a long time ago. I looked like Borat. But... Um, uh, so, yeah, Movember is coming up, but Keith is an ambassador for Movember in Ireland because Keith has gone through some of the trials and tribulations of, um, of well, you're going you're to hear what it's about here. It's an amazing story. I'm so glad that he came on to ch- uh, chat about it. If you do want to get involved with Movember, ladies and gentlemen, you will hear about, um, Keith will give you some details as to how you can get involved, but you, you can basically just go on to Movember, that's November with an M for mother, movember.com and there's various ways that you can get involved with movember you can do the thing of growing the mustache if you want if you're not into growing the mustache you can do um you can do what's called move for movember which is uh basically signing yourself up to committing to um doing 60 kilometers of either walking or running or whatever way you want to do it um 
to uh, to raise money and raise awareness for um, Movember. The number 60 is 60 kilometers in particular over the course of the month is a particular number that uh, you will find out later on in the episode as to why they've picked the number 60. And the third thing that you can do to get involved with Movember is to host. So you can really put on some something fun. It can be a party. It can be a, a work do. It can be, um, you can put on a comedy night, um, which uh, Keith, I think it might be doing. There's all sorts of things that you can do basically to raise awareness uh, and to raise some money for Movember.com. Get in contact with the people uh, on Movember.com. I'm, I'm on the website now looking at it and there's, you're one click away from signing up and getting involved and trying to raise some money to raise awareness. There's some amazing statistics that Keith has uh, as we chat later on the podcast about testicular cancer, about prostate cancer and about... Um, how many people it is affecting, how many men it is affecting. And uh, it's just it's just a wonderful way to come on to two comedians to talk about something serious like this and have a laugh and be open and be vulnerable and talk about the things that men do not want to talk about. And uh, I'll be honest, guys, after the podcast, which I recorded with Keith yesterday, I was in the shower this morning and I'm checking my testicles. And I'm not saying that as a joke. You have to do it, lads. That's the, that's where we're at in life. You got to check it out. Keith will talk uh, about it in much more detail as you how you, as to how you're supposed to do that. But I'm checking me um, checking the testicles, and I saw, I went into the doctors, and I have an appointment for next week. And I'm going to get the full thing. I'm going to get uh, checked out. You're not um, testicular cancer in particular. You know, it's it affects. If some people might think it's you know it's when you're later on in life, it's when you're an older man. It's not. From a very young age, this can affect you, as Keith is about to tell you, and uh, you should be keeping an eye on yourself, gents, checking your testicles and um, and keeping an eye, you know, going to the doctor and making sure everything is in, in, in proper order as well. And the, the same goes for women. I think in general, women are better at uh, talking about these types of things, but make sure you're keeping an eye on your breasts uh, and getting your regular swabs as well, um, of course. So I'm delighted to bring Keith onto this episode. I think I've talked enough about that. I'm, Keith has much more. I was really genuinely, this is one of these podcasts, when you're doing it, you're kind of going, wow, this is pretty amazing. And uh, you don't have, as the podcast host, you don't have to do anything. You just sit back and listen because this is a pretty, um, pretty amazing story. So, ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for the wonderful, the amazing, the courageable. I don't know if that's a word, but I, to me, he's a bit of a warrior, but he's kind of going like, should look at people going through worse, but he's a genuinely brilliant, 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 brilliant man. Give it up for Keith Fox. Ladies and gentlemen, the wonderful, the beautiful Keith Fox. Thank you so much for coming in with his coffee and everything. And the Bakewell. Don't forget the Bakewell. The bake. Oh, is it a Bakewell? It's a Bakewell. Oh, yeah. I, I asked her. I, I said, feel like I should have given you a plate and a fork. Yeah, well, I'm, it's in a bag in, in my bag now, so it's not <laughs> oh, yeah. gone well. It's not That's gone right. Well. You did a very honest thing. You said, I bought it, but I didn't want I it. I didn't want it. It was pure frivolous, pure Celtic tiger purchase. <laughs> I was just going in, just, just give me the pastry. I, uh, I actually asked her, I, she's making my coffee. I think they do that on purpose. She didn't take the money. She went back into the back there. She was making coffee while I was just standing looking at pastries for two minutes while and she you, did it. That, that's when you at the moment and felt that was guilty. The, uh, and I just went, what's that? And she said, it's a Bakewell, like I right. should have known. Yeah. And no flavor or anything like that. It was literally, that's it. And I said, I'll have that. And right. now I own a Bakewell, so. That's a, uh, yeah, coffee shops do that. They make, uh, there's that. And I don't think they're consciously doing it, but there is a guilt that you feel like you should yeah. be buying more than your, you definitely have to, before you cross the door, of the coffee shop, go, I'm getting a coffee, full yeah. stop. Yeah. I, I already feel bad getting a coffee. I'm like, oh, yeah. well, yeah, because I have one at home before I leave the house. And you don't need that many coffees in no. a day. I'm and I always like, forget my keep cup. Um, I'm always fair forgetting Fair play to you, fair play to you. Well, I, keep, I have one, I just keep forgetting it. So yeah. I'm not... The I, irony of the name, huh? Yeah, well, now I've doubled, I'm doubled the waste. Now I have a keep cup and I'm using, <laughs> I'm using all the other stuff. I'm still off. I'm still off, and I don't keep talking about it in every episode. But like, I have been missing it of late a little bit. I do really? like my filter coffee. How long you off it? Since uh, end of July, 
A reflexologist recommended it to me, and it's done me the world of good. Really? Yeah. She she touched me feet, and she said, "You need to get off the coffee." <laughs> right. Right. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it's good for the for the old reflux and all that. Which men of our age, we often suffer. I say our age. Are we the same age? Um, what age are you? I'm, I'm going to be 34 very soon. Uh, I'm a little bit anybody. older. Oh, are you? I'm a little bit older. Yeah. You look younger than me. I think. What am I? 34. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. So we're we're, we're yeah. You're you've baby face. So six months. Yeah. yeah. The baby face is going. It's my my tired <laughs> eyes are getting rid of my baby face. The I baby face is going to be well and truly gone when an actual baby appears when in your a, life very soon. An actual soon. baby's face. Congratulations, is man. Yeah, when cheers. is when when is the end of November? Is 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 when it's due? Yeah. Okay. It's ages. That's ages. Away. End no of worries. November, yeah. Um, so how are you feeling about it all? It's first Good. time, first one, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm to be honest, I'm happy. Like I'm, I'm enthused. I'm gonna meet the little scamp. Yeah, yeah. Like, we've watched it on photos of scans and yeah. all this sort of stuff. And now I'm like, look, enough of the flirting. Let's go talk. <laughs> Let's have a chat. It's a great experience, isn't it? Watching, watching your little one in the. Yeah, it's great. Because yeah. I still look at, I look at my little one now, who's, uh, who's older, a lot older than she's, you know, two years on. But the profile of her face still looks the exact same as the baby scan to me. And I'm like, it's just really? every time I look at her from profile, I kind of go, oh, the baby yeah. scan. It's, uh, it's They're amazing. The 3D ones. Got one. Got a 3D one. Not knowingly. So went in for just an additional one out of curiosity. Just wanted another little scan. And we just said, well, come on, we'll go in. And the lady, she's so good. She just flipped. About 45 minutes, she just flipped into 3D Right. Footage. So all of a sudden the screen just kind of goes blurry and then there's just a baby's face just staring looking at you it's with the hands up in front That's of you right, going, oh my word. Well, that yes. was just, I wasn't, because they didn't tell us. We didn't know we had done that. We didn't know it was part of it. Okay. We knew you could get it, but yeah, unreal. And is are you at the point of like being able to see the movement of the baby and mummy's mm-hmm. belly and all that there's, stuff? There's a fight going on. There's elbows. Yes, there? it's, it's like, when I'm, you know, the comic book, there's a cloud yeah. and then an arm comes yeah, out yeah. and then a leg the other side. Yeah. There are some it's, amazing it's photos on the internet where you can see a footprint being pushed out it's through am- mummy's yeah, tummy and stuff like that. It's really amazing. Yeah. And how's your better half doing with it all? Fair play. Like, a, you know, we joke about it, you know, men being able to take it easy and all that during this stage, but like she's nailing it. I, you know, Fair yeah. play to her. Like we've been to the antenatal and stuff. Those right. classes, yes. Uh, Some crack. They're, they're great. There, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah they're they're informative. They <laughs> I'll are tell informative. You I've, I know things now that I didn't think I'd ever need to know. But I'll never, in there. I'll never forget my missus sitting next to me in the class, and they were passing um, a picture around showing you <laughs> what placenta looks like. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> right. And she was in the middle of eating something. And here you're full of these women that are heavily pregnant, including my missus. <laughs> and she just throws it at me. It's been passed around. She throws it at me. That Get that on my face. It's disgusting, she says. <laughs> and I, remember, I give out to her. I was like, stop it. There's mothers in here. As if she's like, I am as well. Okay. I don't want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, it's very informative. It's see. great. And it's an interesting perspective also always from the man's point of view because... We don't know any of this until um, until the baby comes out. So the mother is experiencing it from you know as it grows in the belly, and we and we it doesn't change us physically at all. That's it. So yeah, we don't I, I go about my day, yeah, and I'm not pregnant, yeah, and then I go home in the evening, and there's a tired woman sitting yes. there having carried around a baby for the day, yeah, it's all day every day. And the other thing about it is for for the for the woman, they get unsolicited advice like the, it's typically a theme for women anyway but mm. during pregnancy it's it's all the time really like it's just oh you know you should do this or here's uh, a book you should read and don't drink coffee and here's another one you should do and are you doing this and did you do this yet it's like just I suppose there's a bit of judgment alright yeah yeah it, it's just kind of constant like it's all helpful and yeah. I don't mean this but like you know I, I just mean this is in you over the course of the nine months there's a lot and it's kind of like yeah we have the internet, like we've checked some of the exactly. stuff. Exactly. What is wrong with you know? people? But yeah. at the same time, it's really caring and it's really lovely. But yeah. the other time, it's just like, just, it's so, it's so constant for them that I have, I've, I've sympathy for that. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Because men only get that support of laugh of, oh, sure, you all know yourself now in yeah, November yeah. anyway. Do you want a pint? That's it's generally, generally you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you think you're tired now? You know, yeah, all that exactly, stuff, blah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And let me, um, I mean, I don't know. I suppose every, that's the thing. Everyone has their own individual experiences of it. But the thing I found was shocked most at of the whole situation was how natural the whole thing was. Yes, it is a very stressful thing that the woman goes through, but it's... It was. It's. I had this weird feeling of kind of going. Oh, this is the way the world works. This has happened for millions of yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. We're not we're the first. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. not the first. This is. This is what we're about. This is what we are. You yeah. know, kind of thing. Yeah. It's. 
a fascinating thing to uh, to watch. But um, so yeah. we gigged together there recently. You very kindly had me up to Ashburn Comedy Club. Yeah, it did indeed. It was good crack. That it was one. great crack. It that was, was a great gig. crack. Good so you just night. start. You kind of started the club recently well, enough. We so we included Martin and Golo, and I did a tour of about seven or eight venues. That's in right. Yeah. And I'm living in Ashburn, so I just said I want to include it on and see is there a room there we could use. And we did. It was well, really so you went good. Scattered out the room yourself. Yeah, I, oh, I just well went done. in and, and I just I just I went to a few, but there's only there's only a few places had what we needed and mm. and then. Uh, Martin and I had a really good date there and then after that tour I kind of got stuff together to start a monthly and we have, we've had uh, Fred Cook who's the first and Pat McDonald headline the second Fantastic. and then Garoge at the last one yeah, yeah. Eric Lawler's doing the next so we've, we've had it's been really good fun it's, it's great it's a good good old room good crack Fantastic. good people yeah. great crowd that was people genuinely coming up because they you know they want to I hate saying support live comedy because it's just like, well, you're supporting it, but also we're giving you a show as well. Like, yeah, exactly. It's but not they charged. are there. Yeah. They are there for the fun to, to have the show as well. Yeah, and they were good, it. solid people there for a night out. It was great. Was it? Yeah. yeah, I look forward to going. I back, was, man. I was shook enough that day, and it was. That's right. You it were, was, what was that occasion it like was, before you were And it was so unjustified. <laughs> it was one of them hangovers where I woke up the next day and went, ah, no, no, come on. Like, I would have said I had four more hours if I had known that's yeah. what was facing me. Yeah, yeah. But it was, yeah, it wasn't was that much. I, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to do the thing of, I hadn't had enough water or should have yeah. had a Baraka. But it's just, you know, every now and again, you just have a few drinks, you get home, you sleep, and you just, it just hits you. It's just like a proper punch. Yeah. I had a banging headache all that day and, and I had to set up the room, I had to get the room ready, That's I had right. to uh, get the sound all kind of wired up and then write some jokes. <laughs> oh, were you working that day as well during the day? No, I wasn't. I, oh, was, right. I, I had that one written off. Um, <laughs> I had that one written off a few few days earlier, but uh, yeah, it was unjustified. I felt bad. I had to I had to make up our next to you bed, that crib, I had to make that up. <laughs> Absolutely shocked. There was instructions I read, like, I looked at like two of the pictures and went, That's I gotta figure this out. That. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I just, uh, yeah, that was a rough, rough moment. But it was a good fight. You know what? The one thing about the was that gig was so much fun that the kind of once you're up, once we started the gig, I was grand. It yeah. was just fine. Like it was, I'm an adult. I can I can deal with these things. Yes, but it was yeah, yeah. just good fun. There's not much, you know, it's a good pick me up, the, uh, the old comedy gig. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Especially when it goes well. But I think it's an age thing as well, man. Because I like me and hangovers. I don't drink a lot like I had and I really enjoyed it. Yesterday, I got the paper, I went to the pub, I sat in the corner where it was quiet and had one pint of Guinness and by the time I was finishing the pint, I was like, I don't think, am I reading this article or like I was feeling the effects right. of the alcohol right. already? Yeah. But yeah, do you definitely get to, well, I personally anyway, definitely get to an age where I'm like, Phew. hangovers are physically painful like yeah. on your joints. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. The And so how did the tour go? You did seven or eight venues yeah, around yeah, Ireland. We had good fun on that one. Uh, and were you doing an hour each or what was no, it? No, what we do, we did 35 each. Okay. I think. Lovely. Yeah, and there was a break. So the year before, four of us did it. So we did Martin, myself, Jar Stone, and Steve Bennett. We did, I remember seeing we that. We did advertise. that. And then Brilliant. so we, we got rid of the Deadwood. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> got rid of the beards. Woo! And then. Um, Shout out to Jar and Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so then we just we, we did a few of the same place and a few different places, um, and uh, it was really good fun. Yeah, it was great. It was great, great fun. There was nice crowds for the majority of it, and and uh, any shows in particular, any towns in particular you enjoy? Well, I love the go with the town hall theater and go with the, oh, the box, the upstairs room in there. It's yeah. so lovely. It's, yeah. I think that was our first one. Okay, and uh, it sold out, and we're. Uh, we were just delighted because we didn't know we didn't check the tickets yeah. too much we knew it was whatever the sales were up about a week before so we knew it would be alright and then we yeah. got there we sold out it was just that was just good fun oh, you need fantastic. that to start of a tour you, you need time. that it big just, time the momentum yeah yeah you know, Galway crowds are great as well it's such a great city yeah such a great city yeah and so, and so seven or eight tours like Dundalk and all that kind of stuff Spirit we did Dundalk we did Ashburn we did Cork Collins yep oh, fantastic. lovely that great was great room. crack that, that was really week. good fun yeah. so good um, and I, I can't remember. There was about two more there. I'm just not remembering where they, where they were. Yeah, yeah. I should because typically we were on buses because neither of us drive. So <laughs> everywhere we had was like a four hour trek to, to right. get to places. But yeah. brilliant fun. Really, really good crack. And it, it kind of, we, I think we used it to kind of shape our new shows. Uh, yeah. It was kind of what it was. It was not, it wasn't quite work in progress, but it was half new stuff and then half of yeah. kind of the better stuff of previous yeah. shows fantastic and what's the plan for the next year to kind of go and write your go and write the hour to the Edinburgh or like because I mean we have to negotiate the kids and all well, that that's as well, it. well that's know? an unknown territory for me yes uh, so I don't know I'd yeah. like to say I'm planning that far ahead but it's I'm alright I'm two years into it I still don't <laughs> okay alright perfect but the whole for me it'll always be write an hour show every year yes whether yeah, it yeah. goes somewhere or, or otherwise yeah. just what else would you be doing Exactly. You, you know, you might as well be writing. That's so, the job. Uh, get it going and just use the club scene here to, to kind of 
keep the bits exactly, moving and keep yeah, them going. Yeah. And how, so, long, how long did you start go- doing this, the old stand-up? I don't know. Uh, I'd say it's about seven years. But like the, there was a f- two years. Of this, I think I did four gigs in my first year. Right. Of the like, I talked to Axna and they've done like 84 gigs in their first week. And I'm like, I don't yeah. even know where you did them. I, I don't mean, know. Is the shower, does that count as a gig? I started out in London where it's 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 a thing that everyone counts their gigs. Okay. okay. And uh, it's really annoying. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, I'm, I remember uh, Patrick Spicer, I'm, I'm going to label you, man. Um, <laughs> I think he did his fucking 100 gigs in, the, in six months or something ridiculous. Right. Ridiculous. You're ridiculous, Patrick. But um, yeah, because... Although I, I get the I get the idea. Do, do people do that here, starting out counting their gigs? Counting them, yeah. Yeah, do they? Right, okay. They do, yeah. Although, although Richie put it up the other day that he'd done number... He did. ...whatever it was, 400, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, I just... I had a word with him that evening about Did you? I did. Really? A yeah. <laughs> uh, nice word. Like, I'm making it sound like I'm the mafia. <laughs> sorry, like, sorry. I had a... Yeah, <laughs> I just had a word. It was the tone. He, he won't be doing that again. Um, <laughs> uh, I know, he's dead yeah. in this town. I mean, even from a maths point of view, I just hate maths. So it's yeah, like, like, <laughs> yeah, I gave up my day job to stop counting things. I'm not going to start taking it up in comedy. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's great uh, country, I think, to start out in because you do get the room... The audiences are great. You get the room to expand on your material a lot more. You know, there's good crack here there is. in general. It's fantastic. Yeah, there is. And I think you get a bit longer. I think generally you're talking seven minutes, which sounds like nothing. This sounds like what yeah, I say to this the average point, but that's, that's so long in terms of starting out for yeah. stand up comedy. It really is. Yeah, it really is. And and I think I think in London it's fives. You're, fives. you're kind of going with fives. It's a, it's a long time before you before anyone gives you tens, you know. It's yeah. a long time. Yeah. I I actually think that benefits us in Ireland the seven. Mm. If you're doing it right, I, I like that. I, I mm. enjoy the seven, I, you know, because you're doing a little bit longer form. You don't feel as panicked to get to a joke yeah. and, and things yeah. get to a, you know get to a punchline. I, I like that we've got tourist audience as well. Lots of tourists in, in the Dublin true, scene, yeah. and that can be kind of good to kind of keep mm. you from doing jokes about Tato for your seven <laughs> minutes or something That's really true. Irish. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So it kind of means that when you leave it, you can travel. Yeah, go to London through five. You're like, oh, okay, no problem. Yes, I, I can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. wherever the audience are from, just won't really for matter sure, to you. For sure, for sure. Like, and are you from Ashburn originally? Or? No, I'm an Offaly man. I'm from Tullamore. I did not know this at all. There you go, Tullamore. Jesus, yeah. Tullamore. What is Tullamore famous for? Only for Jew. Oh, yeah, for the um, bit of whiskey. famous for the whiskey. Absolutely, yeah. great hurler. Great hurling Dooley team. Ninety six, ninety five is the Limerick. Uh, the comeback. Right. Uh, was it? Was that ninety five? I could be wrong now. I could be wrong. Now. I, I, I'm, I'm guessing the Dooleys. Are you related to the Dooleys? I'm not. No, but they're from Tullamore. But they're from they're from the Offaly hurling right, team. Right. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So that, I think that's ninety five. I'm not a fan. I don't really support GA. I fair play to them but I just I just don't watch it but I think it was 95 I think they came back in like the last five minutes to beat Limerick it was some huge big thing and then that's the last thing Offaly has ever done I, I worked uh, I worked what am I talking about I had a teacher who was my hurling coach in St. Declan's in Cabra not far from here Vincent Tehan, who was a, a legend of the off, a full forward for hurling in Offaly in the 80s but that's that's my only real connection to Offaly but uh, so what's your so how did you end up in Dublin College in Maynooth right. was the first one, and then the closest jobs from there were Dublin. Right, you know, just I I would have studied economics and that type of thing. So yeah, that's where the that's where the banks were. Yeah, yeah. I just stayed. I've just that's it. I just stayed in Dublin pretty much since. Bar right. traveling or whatever. But. And the stand up started when you started full time work, or were you doing it in college? Or no, that started. God, I was late. So what, what would that be? What did I say? It was seven. Yes, yeah, so twenty seven. Oh, I'm twenty six, twenty seven. Starting, yeah. Right, yeah. So that would have been yeah. I'd have been working. People say that's late. I started when I was thirty. The day Bishop was giving me a stick the other night, I was like, "Bro, you're late to the game." <laughs> All right, okay. but uh, yeah, because I'm I started when I was thirty. But sure, fucking everyone starts it. Yeah, whatever. sure. Didn't Gervais? Didn't he create the office when he was what thirty nine or? Yes, exactly. Like We're all holding on to that, aren't we? Right, literally, yeah. <laughs> that's it. If he really, if he, then if you look at Dave Chappelle. It's like ah fuck off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so no, I started. I did the, my first the four. I remembered. I don't remember the gigs, but I remember they're all in the Hapenny. They're all the Hapenny Battle of the Axe. Right, the open yes. mic, which ev- pretty much every Irish comedian yeah. that started here That's started. Starting in. out, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think I did four of them, and then I think like the next year, I think I did like ten. Yeah. I think that was it. Like I think I gave myself like a target. Go on, do one a month, and even then my maths was off. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that was about it. And then I, I, I yeah. And then I think about five years of doing it more seriously than that, realizing okay. I, that comedy's not going to call me. I'm not going to get phone calls for gigs. Yeah. Like you've done a few open mics, yeah. sit by the phone every evening. Go, they're as not much calling. as we'd all love that, yeah, yeah. you kind of you got to be grinding away all yeah, the time. Yeah, you got it. And then that's that's when I started doing that. Yeah, yeah. about four or five years ago. Fantastic. A bit more man. to hustle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When did you start? Three uh, years. Twenty sixteen. 
2016, Lovely. February 2016. So coming up to four years now. Um, but yeah, it's a it's it's a tough. I think I think I remember it was either my ninth or my fourteenth gig before I had one that I was like, oh, I, I I did it. Do you know what I mean? It's like because I fucking died on my ass. Really? Like, yeah, yeah. Big right. time hard. Yeah. Uh, but then at that stage, it's great to watch videos of yourself back because you realize. You're fucking panicking up there. Nobody understands the words you're saying. Yeah, that's it. You're just <laughs> racing. Just I gotta get all these words out that I learned off before I came up. Yeah, brrr, it yeah. just does not. I've been Keith Fox. You've been fantastic. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Thanks very much. I'll never. I mean, I've said it before, but I brought I, this big thing to do in London is bringer nights. You have to bring yeah. a friend so that you have an audience. Yeah. And uh, I got up there and I, I brought this specific person, Hillary. Shout out to Hillary because she was so positive. She's so positive about life in general. And um, no matter what happens, she'll always put a positive spin in it. I got up there. I never sweated as much in my life in that five minutes. I died on my ass. Right. The only time I got a laugh was when I talked about jumping out of a bus, jumping out in front of a bus, sorry, so that I didn't have to go to the gig. And that was pure, like, me panicking on stage. Okay, right. And, yeah, it's uh, a nice one, though. A nice went, laugh. Fucking hell. Like, and I was, I said, that was amazing. She goes, well done, great job. You're <laughs> awesome. I was like, no, no, that was amazing at how I fucking yeah, bu- yeah, died exactly. of my ass. And I was like, touch, I was soaking through my jumper. I was up there for five minutes. Yeah, yeah, it's just pure, you just go into this pure panic mode. But especially when things are going bad. Um, I've heard um, that was, um, <laughs> but you know just that whole you realise that breaks the moment you're not an autopilot anymore that breaks it you realise oh, yeah. oh I'm here you become so self aware Yeah, you get a bit red you realise the lights are quite warm yes. you start walking around what am I doing with my other hand and everything just becomes this awful it's, mess yeah everything's huge it's like I, I remember going up uh, at that, that time and and the feeling of like hearing my voice come through over the PA and remembering thinking uh, oh they're waiting for me yeah <laughs> Yeah, they're all sitting there waiting for me yeah, to say something. At me yeah, now. yeah. What, yeah. What have you got? They paid in for this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. hey, what are you going to do? You know. So we're here, um, also in October, heading into the month of November, and you very kindly have uh, said you'll come on to talk about November, of which yeah, you are an advocate is the wrong word, is it? I mean, I'm, I'm one of their community ambassadors. Your community is the official of title. ambassador for November mm-hmm. Ireland. But yeah, November in general. But yeah, I'm, I'd be obviously I'm on the Irish side. I yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a worldwide organization. Yeah, global. Because, yeah, okay, yeah. Right, they're right. doing. I think they're, they're they're the leading global men's health charity. They're, they're, they're doing most work. Sounds global, but they do that because it they don't focus in any one area because obviously wider numbers of people involved, better exactly. studies, better results, better outcomes. Yes, yes, yes. So, of course. Yeah. Did it start off in the whole thing of growing a mustache to raise awareness? Start off in New Zealand? Is that correct? Uh, Melbourne? Melbourne. Um, it sorry. started off in, in Melbourne. It's two lads. I should know their names. Um, but they started out, it was like the two lads were having the crack in the pub. Right. Literally had started and they, they were like, we should bring the mo, the mo back, the moustache. Right. And then they just kind of said, right, I dare you to grow a mo. And then they scheduled it for November, yes. for the November pun. Right. And apparently uh, 30 people got involved that year, raised a few quid for men's health. They just said, we'll give it to a men's health charity, whatever we raised. Okay, so start off as a joke and then they decided they'll... Yeah, it'll, so it'll it went from connected. 30 that year to about 5 million now. Oh my God. Oh, wow. it's, yeah, it's serious growth. Yeah, yeah. How many years is it? Because I remember... 2003. Oh, that long. Yeah, 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 that's about right. Yeah, 2003, yeah. Yeah, goodness me. So when did you... You had your running yourself with with your own health issues. The old testy Claes. Yeah, that was in... Around 2009. 2008, end of 2008. Early 2009. 2008, yeah. 2009, right. Yeah, that was my own my own time. I was backpacking, doing right. that, that whole thing. You know, I was, I was 23. And I, was okay. in, I was in Melbourne myself. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, I was backpacking. That was kind of like a stopgap in the trip. Right. And uh, we're planning to go into Japan and China and all that kind of crack. Yeah. And uh, I had a pain... I had it just up my lower ab, I'm pointing now it's going to do nothing for the podcast but just above my belt line on the right side yes. lower abdomen just small little pain nothing like really not much you know thinking possibly appendix or something like that I or? was thinking to be honest I was didn't really try and die it was just so minor but then yes. it stayed for just a little bit where I was like I, I can't word it, but you know when you've had a little pain and you're not conscious of it, but then you you become aware of it and you're going, that's been there like three days. Okay. You know, that, yeah, that, yeah, that type yeah. of thing. I was like, yeah, that's weird. So then I, I gave him, I said, if it's still there now on Friday, I'll go to a doctor. Right. And uh, it was still there now. On, I was still there on the Friday. So I went down. I had done a bit of research now. I tried to do a bit of research online, but there was nothing back then, which is why I kind of like, I've come around to like the Mo- what November do a lot because there really was very little. This is 2008, 2009. 
Twitter was just starting. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. you know and, and there wasn't a huge amount of stuff. I remember going onto forums and things and they're really not getting much by way, but there was enough and there even at to that say, sense, you don't even know what you're looking for. You just know that there's a, you've got a slight dull pain. A slight dull pain. But look, whatever I read on one of them, I got something just said that at that type of pain, I think it was like the search. I just, I, I use the word abdomen instead of stomach. You know what I mean? Right. Something like that. Yeah. And it brought me up to this article about testicular cancer and it said that can be a symptom. So then I, I hopped in the shower and I checked myself and there was a bit of a, one of me, well, my right testicle was harder. There was like a firm. I just noticed it, it was just firm. So, so the whole testicle. Half of it, one side of it. One was side of it was firm. Firm, right. yeah. It's hard to describe, like, yeah, it's because there was no lump. You know, people said mm. the, there's a the whole thing of this, there'll be a lump or there'll be something. Yes. And uh, so then I copped that. So then I, I just, uh, that was enough for me. So, so you realised that there was something different going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so then I just said, right, look, man. Yeah. So that, I think that would have timed roughly with the Friday deadline I'd set. I still remember just, just having that deadline in my head. And uh, I just went down to the doctor and... Uh, I remember he was full sure. He's like, it's just an infection. That's it. I'm, I'm, you know what? It's just going to be an infection. That's all it's going to be. Yeah. Don't worry yourself. Carry on as normal. And I kind of insisted. Not that he needed much time, but I insisted on the scan. I just said, mm. in my head, I was like, in three or four weeks, I'm going to be in a, the woods in China. Yes. So if this is Anthony, yes. I'm not sure that, that I'm going to get it cured yes. there. And I don't want it to be an emergency. So I kind of pushed it. Yeah, and I went for the scan. The balaclava radiology, I still remember the name. I was like, that's pure, just no. Why is it just, called that? Was, I think the street it was on was called Balaclava Street or something. <laughs> and I was like an Irish lad going into balaclava radiology. <laughs> but, um, Welcome for your scan. <laughs> it was awful. Take down your pants. I was like, all right, yeah, no problem. Whatever you say. Uh, whatever you say, sir. But I remember, yeah, so then I got a scan in there, yeah. And then... Uh, that was that. That's the that's an odd one. I just remember, I remember just sitting laughing, laughing now. But I remember <laughs> sitting there because it was record breaking heat. It was like forty degrees. It broke forty degrees for like four days in a row. Oh wow! In Melbourne that time, and I remember just going like pure sweat, like very conscious of the sweat situation yes, down below. But yeah, you need some cornstarch uh, on there. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I went down. I was like, "You're not going to need the." the liquid man <laughs> just slip that on just let's save let's save the liquid man so do they use because i i've i've had uh, an ultrasound done myself on my testicles and is is i presume it's just the same one it's the same one that they use for the baby it's just a smaller one and they they hold it smaller for me but, no, <laughs> but no, it, no, it no. is now so, <laughs> as it is a smaller yeah. scanning uh, yeah, exactly. utensil than they exactly. would use for pregnant women yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah. just like yeah they, and they just so they're just looking on the screen themselves as they're scanning you. We are. Yeah. While we talked about the economy and the Celtic Tiger and yes. stuff like that. Pure, like just trying your best yeah, yeah. to think of something. <laughs> yeah. Like just, here's a subject that won't blah, make blah, me blah, feel blah. awkward. And then what happens in that moment? Does it, he obviously knows, but does he That's tell you? That's the awkward. I've been thinking about that one since, that he's there scanning away. And we were talking about the thing. And he fair play, he just, he, there was no give with them. Wow. Um, but then they leave. But I just left. So I, I had it arranged with the doctor. He said, call me. And I'll give you a prescription for the infection when when it comes back. That was right. his whole thing with the call. Yeah. And he's his pharmacy and they're all just I'll call you, go down there. But he rang and it's not like a gut. I was fairly sure. Like it didn't it didn't add up to me what he was saying. All of the symptoms I, I you know had, the, the testicular change, pain in my lower abdomen. I was like, right, I won't do anything, I won't plan going home. I'll mm. wait for it. I'll wait for him to know it. But I in my head I knew I was going in. And then the phone rang and he just said, Can you come down? And the fact that it was him and not his receptionist calling yes. me that kind of added to it and so i went down and then he he just said it's testicular cancer um but i've said it before like the australian accent is way too upbeat so i was kind of <laughs> i was just going yeah go on mate yeah yeah carry on is this bad news it's like it was like he was inviting me to like a party or something it was like you've got testicular cancer i was like oh great <laughs> fantastic uh, <laughs> oh, what a man, place to get it yeah. <laughs> um so the yeah and then he just said you gotta get yourself to a hospital now now right yeah like he said if it was me i'd be i'd be going to hospital but yeah in the next day or or so right but uh obviously i wasn't living there you yeah know? i would have i think i had travel insurance that wouldn't have been the thing but you just you don't want to be sitting over there not knowing mm. i you don't know at that stage will you need chemo will you need radio you don't know anything yeah, yeah. that you that you're gonna need so i just arranged i think i flew home that was probably that was a friday and i flew home on the monday I went to a concert. I had pre-booked tickets for a concert on the Saturday. Oh, my God. And the men's Aussie Open final on the Sunday. And then I flew home on the Monday. 
because I was like Jesus what a weekend I know yeah <laughs> it's the it's final weekend with your testicle <laughs> yeah the whole new balls shout in the tennis wasn't exactly uh, <laughs> doing me mental health any good shut you up that's so insensitive right now <laughs> <laughs> exactly it was pure torture for me but the, yeah then flew home and uh, into the Irish healthcare system uh, from there really yeah so what did you make a call um, to the medical services in Ireland from Australia to arrange going in straight away or well I left uh, I rang the family I just told them and I, th- I just said look can you line me up right with that just knowing that I'm in Australia on a mobile like just easier just yeah 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 and then I remember I went into an internet cafe to email whatever I needed to email myself and just got that so then when I arrived there was an appointment ready they were like just come in uh, but I remember it was snowing in Ireland at the time mm, so geez. I landed back in it had been 40 degree heat as I said so and then was, I landed into snow. It was I, January or something, was it? Yeah, it was January. I was like, I had zero testicles to scan that day. They were like, there was nothing. Like, it was <laughs> freezing. Like, just give it time. Light a fire in here. <laughs> it'll, it'll be grand. And uh, yeah, so then they just, they had to do their own. Sc- I left the scans in the airport. Oh my God, I, I, Keith, I, I, I remember so <laughs> London, like I had one thing. I had, just bring the scans. Yeah. To, and, and you. Get them two things to the airport. And I left them. Somewhere I either left from the airport or on one of the planes. That must have been stressful for you. Yeah, I tried to run back in, and they were just like, "No, you know, you can scream testicles all you want. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not, you know, you can't let you back in." But it wasn't massively. I do like to think that I think it was in London. I do like to think that they're like hanging up in some apartment, <laughs> some retro art, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Banksy's gaff, just yeah, my Banksy's testicles gaff, up on the wall, cancerous testicle. Yeah, they've yeah. no idea what it is. It's just yeah, I like it, mate. It's singing to me. Yeah. Uh, so do you go? Do you go in and get operated on the first was, day? Or they, or not that to leave because deep vein thrombosis risk because of the flight. So I had to wait like a week. I just go home and chill out for a week, and then I think yeah, it was about a week, maybe a little bit more. Are you at any point in that freaked out that anything's going to spread or it's going to get worse or anything like that? Is that a possibility? Oh, is yeah. That? So I th- generally now, I believe it's testicular. The spread is lungs, lymph nodes, brain, I think is typically the... Is how it spreads. W- how it spreads. Okay. But I was genuinely comforted by knowing that I reacted quick enough mm. to the symptom. Like I had a symptom mm. and within, within a week I was seeing a doctor about it. Mm. So I didn't have that thing. I wasn't hiding that on myself. Or I wasn't playing tricks on myself. I was like, no, this is the situation. It's, it wasn't there for like a month and I was pretending I wasn't. I was happy. And then they had said that they did, they put you through, they do other scans. So they do the ultra, they did another, another ultrasound there. And then they do like your x-rays and different things. So they'd shown that it, there wasn't any major urgent need, but it was a particularly aggressive uh, cancer so they couldn't leave me they were like this it's it's spread like it is an aggro one that the, the tumor's growing mm. and the the tumor markers in my blood were fairly high so they were like we can't really leave you too long but mm. they scheduled me in and then just about a week at home and and uh, so when you go in to get the operation to get it removed is there a conversation about chemotherapy or about any of that kind of stuff or do they say <laughs> flat out from the start that you don't need it or no radiotherapy so, well they they the first thing with it is that they take it out, the orchiectomy, they remove that, and then they have to do analysis on that. That's their best okay. route, apparently, um, to, to determine the type, to determine you know the strain. Um, I should know the name of mine. I, I, I can't. Uh, I can't remember at the minute. But um, and then they they monitor you. So, but they, they do bloods a few days later, and they see how much they've dropped. And if they drop whatever percentage or whatever mark they have for it, then they're happy that that you don't necessarily need chemo yes. right right now. Yeah. But mine was, the strain I had meant it was a 50-50 chance I'd need chemo. Right. So I was on monthly surveillance and every month I'd go in. Right. Uh, for about six months, I'd go in and get the tumor markers done. You just go in and get bloods, get a scan and then on your on your bike. Right. And then on the, I th- what would that have been? But seven months after that, then they said that it'd come back again. That it was... The, the bloods had elevated. I'd missed one test, one test, but it was because I went to London. I, I rang them. I said, I've just booked this. I realised the clash. They're like, it's fine. We'll have, we'll have you in. And then about a week later, they rang me and went, actually, we kind of need you in now because they obviously checked that yeah. the previous ones had elevated a bit. Yeah. Got me in, told me and uh, that I needed chemo and then I started that I, I want to say around August September that same year so it was about six months on so six months so you did start chemo after so it had mm. raised obviously a good bit apparently. okay yeah it, it, it kind of oh, one month I noticed it had gone up and then the next month where I missed that one they had me back in and then they did more tests then gave me the result that day they kind of had me waiting they said we just we're going to send these to lab and, and just said okay the you're, they were already up 
it was a bit of a flag for us because once that's gone up it means it's growing you know what i mean it's spreading again and where is it growing from where's where is it at that stage is it in your blood well mine were there was presence in my lymph nodes right okay um uh, and then i I guess it's in your blood stream stream a little bit i guess yeah um but it was no, not showing signs anywhere else. So that was, it was grand. Like right. it was in, not, it was grand, very flippantly there. But it, <laughs> as you would like it to be, that's where it was. Yes. But effectively, they could have done the chemo the week after I had the operation and they wouldn't have come back. They would have in, in, nuked it, so to speak. But they're right. They, they don't want to put the body under undue stress. Yes. You know? Yeah. So they left me and then it came back. It was a 50-50 roll of the dice and yeah. it came back the other way. And then that was about three months of chemo. Goodness me. And yeah. is that a daily process, the chemotherapy? No, so the one with testicular, it's T-E-R, uh, I believe it's called, oh, oh, I'm, I, it's about a B or maybe, T-E-R it is, uh, is the name of it. The, the, it's three, for me, it was three, three weekly cycles. So you have one full week and then you have a Tuesday, Tuesday, and you do that three weeks. So full week and then most of the week off except you're up for one bag of chemo on the Tuesdays and then you're back again. Right. Uh, and you do that whole thing three times. And how is it administered? How how does it happen? IV. So IV. you're just so sitting you in just, a room. You just sit in a room and they just That's it. Pump yeah. you full of stuff. That's right. it. But do you know what? That's the one thing that for me I had no idea what it was gonna be. I'd had relatives that had cancer and different things and, and I'd talked about it. But chemotherapy, it's odd that we're afraid of the cure. Do you know what I mean? Like you don't yes. talk much your 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 worries go about losing your hair or feeling nauseous. You're not like, Will I live? It isn't yeah. you know, that kind of that's like your third it's a weird one it was yeah. never really this conversation so I didn't actually know what to expect but it's a room of armchairs right a big circle or an oval just armchairs just people sitting down and lots of other people getting chemotherapy as well people getting chemotherapy Goodness around me. you and an experience um, yeah but the, the thing about it is like the nursing they're unbelievable people like uh, in nurses in general of, of course mm. this uh, the group of people I, we had looking after us were just phenomenal but, but it's it's the, it, at first I was like I'm in a room with all these other people and all this then you realise you have chats with one or two you get to know one or two yeah. and you fall asleep for an hour yeah, and you yeah. wake up and the nurses are running around a machine will beep to say it's not flowing they fix that and then they'll get someone else down yeah. never a hint of anger or frustration yes. and then the patience of just saying and it was just so nice and so yeah. lovely and I mean, it literally it was me sitting down doing crosswords or watching the US office on my laptop Right. That's how I remember it. I don't yeah. remember it being any mad. There was no badness. I don't look back and I'm thinking, oh God, that horrible, horrible time. Okay, okay. Um, because there were people in worse positions. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in wards of people. I did have bad. I was rushed. I was rushed ish into hospital a couple of times because one of the chemo, one of the types of the, uh, there's three different strains you're getting, and one of them, the one I got on the Tuesdays, kept having this spiraling reaction. So I got no nausea or anything like that, but my joints just flared up. Oh my goodness! And by the end of it, this it was such an at like I was in bits. So they had to bring me in early, and I had to go on a bit of morphine. I was actually weaned off. I was in hospital for about five days, being weaned off the morphine, and that was how I finished. Because they were like, "Look, your next chemo is due tomorrow, but you're here. We might as well mm. just do it now, and then we'll discharge you in mm. time for Christmas, and mm. you'll have a week to rest up, and then you've got your your Christmas." But that was my only one. Yeah. And I won't lie, that was pain. It really, really? was very, very painful. But then you go into hospital and they know they, they know, know what, what they're doing. Yeah. You're just saying, like, they just give you a few questions, make sure that, and then they give you a bit of morphine and then you feel good and you sleep and and that's it. And you're the in more, a private ward because you've no immune system. So it's, it's generally, it's... Goodness me. Mm. And and so is there moments of, I presume a moment like that, that you're scared, that you're, at any point, are you thinking about your life being in danger? and? Yeah, I don't know. Like it's it's tough because the stats are so in your favor, right? They're so in your favor. Yeah. But then you, this ninety five percent success rate with testicular cancer when 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 the treatment, but that one in twenty is a person. It's not just you know we can brush it off as if it's not. Mm. It's still one person. Yeah. Um. Every now and again, that would flicker into your mind. Right. And and you, know, you wouldn't get too much, but you'd be going into the doctor and you wouldn't be thinking much about it. And then the, you'd be going in for your results of your bloods, your follow ups during treatment to make sure that it's working. And once or twice, you could feel your heart rate just going up a bit. You're going, I read like the words you say now matter. Like yes, you know this is if if you say this isn't working, we've to have a chat. Yes, and I've shaved my head for fucking nothing. Mm. Um, and you're having that. There's there's, there's some worry there, but mm. at the same time, you really do trust what's happening around you. Yeah, you know, the worry is worse when you haven't been to a doctor. Okay, you're you don't know what 
that thing is on your balls yes. and you don't know what that pain is yeah. and then you're on the internet reading all this crap you know dr yeah. google and and this misinformation and like for example i haven't gone on and written a positive testimonial since i'm sure people who have had bad medical experiences may have you're not going to rush online to write your brilliant cancer experience. You're going to move on with your life. So there's not a huge, there weren't, wasn't then, I should say, a huge resource of positive stories. Now, November yes. website has brilliant, there's a okay. breakdown of four or five of them, and more if you want them, but really good stories. But they, you know, you're, you're more keen back then to hear the bad stories. So once that was kind of circling around, that was a little bit negative. But once I went into a doctor, got the scan, it was a bit of free fall. It was just like, a, yeah, okay, it's all up to you now. Mm. I just have to be here. If yes. you say take a vitamin, I'm, I'm going to take the vitamin. I'm going to turn up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you say yeah. take this this tablet, I'm going to take the tablet. And uh, yeah, you're just leaving it in their hands. Yeah. And if you can do that, and that's why I've always said to people is be as selfish as you can in that situation. Okay. Like if your taste buds kind of go out of whack, so your your diet changes a little bit, you might feel nauseous, so you might have no appetite. So what I I feel depressed at home, but like I don't know why I crave like meanies and pot noodle. And uh -huh. For whatever reason, I just crave because your taste buds are null or dulled, I should say. So yes. I was probably craving these really strong, strong flavors. flavored stuff. Yeah. And I was just like, just don't touch them. Just literally, because I could wake up at three o'clock in the morning and I need them. It's my, mm. it's this is, it was a, bit, a little bit of a whinge bag with it. But, you know, and then if I was in watching the TV or something, I was like, just please just let me watch. Just, you know, I'm just going to be selfish for now. Yeah, Not yeah. a tyrant. There's a difference. Yes. It all helps you feel like you got a bit of control. It helps time pass. So you're distracted. You're not thinking about you know, stuff. I was going for walks every day after chemo. I was doing laps of the hospital grounds. Right. The nurses thought I was a lunatic, but I was just really? going around. Just I had the energy. I was 23. I was like, I'm not just going to lie down in bed. Uh, so that was all. It all contributes. And did you suffer from the any of the nauseousness, any of the sickness, or were you just no. feeling like r run down? Yeah, the tiredness is a bit. Okay. The lack. I I was full sure I was going to read all these books and all yeah. this, but the tiredness and the concentration is, yeah. what, is really what got me. Yeah, I only got sick maybe two or three times, but that was actually during the pain when the pain was so the bad. Joints. I actually got sick. That's how bad the pain a, was. Yeah. Um, but and that was only two or three times. And your hair, did you manage to keep your hair? No, the hair went, and I had long yeah. hair. I had hair down to my neck. Oh, did you really? Yeah, wow. I did, yeah. Um, so, so that's you know, tough. There, was, there was one upside, uh, I suppose, and it educated me on the stupidity of my I look back now going, come on, what were you doing? <laughs> um, but yeah, but I, I, I shaved it off. You could feel it coming out. Uh, I had it, I had kept it long from the first two weeks, and then I could feel it just coming out in your hands. You can run your hands and you can feel it. So to remove any drama, we had a good laugh. We just shaved it back at home. Okay. Just had a good laugh. There was this picture somewhere of me with every variety of hairstyle that right. made me laugh on the day. And, yeah. and then, yeah, just, just moved on with it. Yeah. Emotionally, how did you find that, that, in particular, the three months of the chemotherapy, did you, you, you seem to have taken on a quite a positive outlook on it and you, you wanted to flicker, you know, there was flickers of, of the, the, the bad thoughts of the worst case scenario at moments, but... Obviously, it's a daily challenge to to try and keep a positive mental attitude to what's going on. Yeah, it's partly distraction. It's partly if you can feel that you're not feeling great, you may need to just distract yourself. And by distract, I don't mean don't go to your chemo or, or anything, but just you can control certain elements of it. Keep the things you can control and control them. You can't control that you're going to go to chemo. You can't control the result of the chemo. But you can control, as I say, what you're watching. You can control that the foods you like are at home. You can go for a walk. You can do all these things. Your life doesn't stop. You know, like there was uh, the stuff happening. Mm. You're limited. That helped me. I just gripped to what I thought I should do and what, mm. I, what I enjoyed. I just kept little bits and that kept me positive. There are, there, there probably were sad moments, I guess, but I don't remember it being that type of time. Yes. Uh, and I don't believe I was... It was false. It's probably a bit of naivety, a bit of arrogance of youth, but I, I don't, I really don't think that. I really feel that I just, yeah, you're just surrounded by so many good people and positive mm. people that, is, you know, if I did have a bad day, there was people I could talk to. I could literally, between family and friends, but also the nursing staff and the doctors, you just, you just have enough to keep you going. You know? Were you with family down in Offaly at that time or were you? Well, I was backpacking. So when I came home, when you came home, yeah, I, yeah, I moved to Offaly. So we're in a week in the hospital. And then back in Offaly um, for that for that time, uh, for the to two weeks where I was only up yeah. and, and down, yeah. And then the six, seven month period, you obviously don't go back to your backpacking. So no. you, you go back to, do you start working or do you start? No, so the, the time off in the middle, I just took for myself. I think I went on a holiday and different stuff, but then I just took some of the time 
mentally myself. I yes. was probably I was up and down booze with my mates and awfully and going out and concerts and whatever. Uh, with a plan of, I think, whatever, uh, rejoin the working world a few months later or whatever. Right. But it, it probably just took a bit of mental clearance, just take a break. I'm a devil for that. Like, if, if I think it's going to be like a challenge, and I, I don't mind taking a decent break for myself. So I did that. Um, I didn't work. And then after the chemo, I the, your immune system's rebuilding and all that type of yes. stuff. And I didn't know what I wanted to go back to. So I just let myself heal up. And then, uh, and then oddly enough, I got a phone call asking if I was interested in a job in town. And I said, yeah. And then I moved up and then that was the start of the of the the journey out the of it. The next phase of your life. Yeah. But yeah. The, yeah. And then, well, then I have a, a follow-up. Uh, after that, I, I was probably working six or seven months. And I don't know. I think I'd started gigging. I, I'm sure I have. The, but I got a pain in my back. And I was like, what is this? And it kept getting worse. I was like, Jesus. And if ever I ran, I had a real, you know, lower back. I was like, what the fuck is this pain? Went to a doctor and he was like, ah, it's probably nothing, blah, blah, blah. And then after a while, a few scans showed I, the, I had collapsed my hip. Oh, my God. On my left side from the key. Now, the key, the steroids that I take from Kiba, they, they've linked it to that, that it was the steroids right. can have that effect on about one in 10,000 people or something they told me at the time. It can reduce bone density. Right. And it just so happened that the old load-bearing joint in the middle of the body uh was just crumbling. Oh. So that was in the back. So then I had about nine months on crutches and I had a hip replacement at some period in the middle of that. Oh my God. And after that, that's the end of the cancer of the cancer journey. So that, that was probably, it was probably about a year and a half all in. with Quite the journey though. It's your body's downs. under a lot of, your body's under a lot of stress and obviously mentally you're under a lot of stress as well, but fair yeah. play to come through that, man. Yeah, it's an odd one. I don't, it's so weird. I don't think of it on those terms I yeah. get it why people do but I yeah. don't because I was in a ward with people like I know a guy who came in to have a simple procedure on his I don't know what it was on his liver or something and the, while they were doing the surgery they noticed marks on his kidneys or something and then he's, he was in hospital when I met him for literally that day for three or four months or right. you've, you've heard of different people in different situations not just cancer but in life you can paint my picture very differently you can say this lad was backpacking for three months and then had yeah. top class medical care and then yeah yeah got a referral into a really yeah. nice job and yeah. then again had medical care. Like, yeah, yeah. that's the other route, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Of course. And does it change the way you uh, treat yourself health-wise since then? Or, you know, obviously they don't know the exact cause of it, but, you know, is there anything that you do differently now in life that uh, f for your health? or I've, I've, I won't lie. I've been mixed. Last year, I had a little bit of a moment for myself where I just said, I've been phoning it. Like, I, you go on autopilot after like so i was working and 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 i was other than gigging it was probably autopilot for me and i hadn't checked in and kind of gone jesus come on you like live a little now you know what yes. i mean like don't phone it in so i i tried a little bit like last november for the just on my own i did like i went vegetarian for the month um and just tried my best i had these little targets for myself for health and, and different things and but i've never I, I don't go to the gym regularly i walk as a lot i don't go to the gym regularly i'm probably okay Mm. the health side but for the bones I, I did recover that I had regular scanning on my bone density and I recovered it through eating a few more vegetables taking a few more vitamins and just listening to what my doctors told me to, told yes. me to do yeah, yeah. because you know you don't want that type of thing dragging in yeah for uh, sure for, on too long does that give you any extra kind of I don't know it's because it, it could have come under threat the fact that you do have your first child on, on the way mm. is an amazing thing and on one hand you know I suppose we don't we don't count our blessings that we can have kids sometimes. That's you know? the thing. Yeah. Now, there's oddly enough the one thing I didn't do after the case. So you do, you do you leave an L sample uh, when you're going in for for chemo. All right. But it's there for I think it's stored for six months and then it's up to you then if you want to pay for it to be kept. And I never I didn't pay for it to be kept. I never checked in with it again. <laughs> checked in <laughs> like, we just fell out of touch if I'm being honest uh, <laughs> we don't keep in touch with we don't keep in touch we've left in a no, sock down the years no, <laughs> no. Um, but we did, so yeah didn't do much with that but I never focused on it but yeah obviously when when the baby news came there was there was a moment of, of happiness with that of okay. so you didn't even yeah you did that wasn't even part of your inner relationship you decide you want to have a kid that doesn't even come up in conversation I never just, went for a testing or, or right, anything along those yeah. lines I just I had no real reason to believe there to have been an impact yeah okay and I had no symptom that there was and I do think that's a, that there's a healthy relationship with your doctor and that if you've something that's wrong you should yes. see them yeah but you can live I was in and out of doctors for 
years, I wasn't just going to randomly walk in and go, hey, hey, hey. test me. Uh, <laughs> they think I was addicted. Catch Give me that the, magazine again. Catch this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so no, I never did. But yeah, that, but that's it. Like in my And the fact that it's due in November is a little bit appropriate. Ah, um, yeah. So I'm going to draw a mustache on it the second it comes out. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Fantastic. So, you, uh, so what does the work for Movember entail that, that you're doing now? When did you get in touch? Do we get in touch with these guys around that time? Or? No. Um, so what I really loved about Movember uh, was that at that time I didn't see much stuff. Uh, as I said, there was a bit of a gap in information. And as well, I do really link male cancer, particularly testicular, with a little bit of stubbornness on men. Right. There's a bit of a male, there's a show, a macho-ness Mm. to the balls you know grow a pair blah 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 all that type of mentality which yeah. is a bit of crack I've, I've you know everyone will joke about it but there's a mentality there that has always intrigued me and then my I've been aware of November since but I've done nothing I don't talk about it in my stand up and I had not done anything really uh, but last year a friend of mine works uh, Ashling works for November in London and she asked if I wanted to do anything in Ireland and so she put me in touch with Jack He's one of the main guys here in Ireland, really like brilliant guy, really, really cool uh, guy. And so over the last year, I've just been in touch with them a little bit. And a good few ambassadors in Ireland doing different things. So what I'm generally doing, I, I like just the awareness, just go out and just have chats with people and mm. just try to make sure, use, if there's anything in my story people can take, Yeah, that's great. Um, I'd be delighted for it. And then obviously, if people want to fundraise or grow moustaches or do anything, November, have three, there's three components to it really with November. So you've got grow a mo. Um, or if you wanted to literally there's some brilliant stuff in London uh, some of the uh, female uh, Movember ambassador were talking that they draw a moustache on every day and oh, just don't brilliant. mention it just stand on the tube in Say London nothing. with a moustache drawn on and just going through <laughs> it uh, and collecting money for that sort of thing brilliant. or you can move for, Move for Movember which is a new thing that, that's over the last few years which is just to commit to running or walking or cycling a certain distance uh, over the month because the links with physical health as well as mental health and uh, you know c cancer and those sort of things getting active and getting moving really helps okay. so that you can commit to doing that and raise a bit of money for yeah. you know so they you know people are doing like 60 kilometers as a mark a tribute to the 60 men who commit suicide every hour okay so over the month you might run or every hour is it's a it's a man a minute is the global statistic for suicide oh my and uh so people are doing that or you can host for November so you can have a party get people over get, if you want to do moustaches or whatever but the whole thing is just have just get people talking in the mm. room just chat men, women doesn't, doesn't matter it's all mental health and all physical health it's the same rules apply yes you know for mental health reach in and reach out talk look after yourself go to a doctor if you get to know yourself check your balls check your breasts all yeah. that sort of stuff what should men be look because obviously as you're saying we're not our strongest point is certainly not about being vulnerable about uh things that we're struggling with uh personally mentally and stuff like that but even to, when it comes to talking about our bodies i, I mean we really don't do it at all mm. um and um, what's your advice to, to men to you know to look after themselves to check stuff like that yeah it's all we don't talk about it until I became the reference for people's testicles for about two years after. Right. Everyone I went, here, come here, tell me now, right? I found this, I'm like, all right, whip them out, I'm I'll show you. Um, but yeah, so we don't, but oddly enough, but I did find that that was a barrier broken for people. That I was mm. saying to be like, I had testicular cancer. I'm probably compensating a bit by overly communicating it because I was maybe insecure at the start. What, what people are looking for, if for testicular, check yourself every month is the okay. rough guideline. And when you say check yourself, you're basically just checking you're the shape of your testicles. And texture. And texture. If okay. that's the word. In the shower is a good place to do it because mm. everything's flowing relaxed, and relaxed. Yeah. And then literally just small pinching movements. Movember website has a really good guide on how to do it. But the, the whole thing is you're looking to see what you're like you'll know you're looking for changes so if, if you're doing it for the first time today and there's a bit of hardness or something along those lines or a lump or something you know get that check with your doctor but just not learn that that's okay this is what my balls are like mm. and in a month or two months three months a year if you notice a difference to that that's maybe where you need to start thinking about mm. going to your gp yeah and that's it and like the thing about it is it's once a month you're in the shower anyway your yeah. hands are not going to be too far from that area on a few occasions yeah so just <laughs> just just give it a check yeah yeah. you know um maybe you do you get to know is there any other symptoms that you that uh, you can look out for like you said the uh, abdominal pain that you the, found yeah the that one was the pain either in the 
ball area in, in the L sack yeah. or in the lower abdomen. Okay. As if you've just been hitting the ball. Exactly. Just as, as Only if, the lads know what that feels like. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I did a little mime for some reason. Yeah, you here, did a little it like, flick. You like flicked was, your two fingers forward like you're flicking a cigarette. Yeah, there like you again. go. Give it a like, little yeah, flick of the balls. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's the for testicular that's that's what you're looking for. Anything different, but that applies, you know, it's the same if you're noticing changes in your chest or in your armpits and lumps and things. you get to know yourself and just, yes. just check things out and don't hide it's the one thing if I didn't get cancer the day the doctor told me I had cancer and that's a thing mm. mentally people but I think we need to kind of come yes. forward with. I had it he yeah. just told me and that started the curing process yeah. so no matter what it is just talking and getting out there getting in there early particularly for things like prostate cancer and things, getting in there early Yes, it's I believe it's it's a 98% success rate of five years or more for an early detection of prostate cancer for example it drops to 26 percent survival rate of five years if it's late detection so do they know how long just so i I, so i can show how what a good boy i am i knew that you and i were doing the podcast today and i booked in my doctor's appointment already to go and go checked and get everything checked up but um do, do they know could they tell how long it had been there for when they found your cancer, when they confirmed your cancer, they couldn't tell me how long it had been there for, but they could. They got an idea. Is it the pathology? Is that the word I'm looking for? They could. They could understand from doing bloods about a week apart that the rate at which it reproduces, it was or growing, or growing, okay. and then the size of the tumor. Mine was quite large at the at the time of them taking it out. They told me it was mm. quite a the, the tumor had gotten quite large, but they couldn't tell me how long. But they can tell you how much of it is. The tumor markers in the test can tell. A lot, and they they can they can figure it out from from there. But again, the earlier you're in, Absolutely. the better. But and with prostate, just as an example for any listeners, the the one area with with for example prostate, particularly with, it's more prominent in older men. So from fifty mm. years above, unless you're of uh, African or Caribbean descent, which is forty five and above, and I'm okay. not too sure why that is, mm. or if you've history in your family, but. Older people maybe coming from a different culture where I've talked about these things and getting these things done and the tests you might be uncomfortable with that, that sort mm. of stuff, but it doesn't mean like one in eight men will be diagnosed with prostate cancer. The earlier the better. You yes. can you can the earlier the one firm talk, a nice chat in the pub with your old fella or yeah. whatever can actually extend their life if, if yeah. there's a thing. So just we need to kind of dust off that fake macho shit and just just start mm. having a few chats. Not all the time. You're still allowed to have a pint and a dog in football. Just yeah. every now and again. Just, just have a little be, chat with be people. Be open to, yeah, sticking a finger in the bum and checking it or, out. Or, well, I'd pay a doctor to do it, but... Um, yeah, I didn't mean... <laughs> I, I don't even know how the angles would, would work. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be a pretty incomplete test. That'd be some, yes. <laughs> I don't even know what you'd be looking for. to be. to the pub with the lads. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll check. I'll, I'll check. I know what to do. I know where I'm going. Dip right. your finger in whiskey. There you go. <laughs> it's fucking burnt. The ring of fire. Anyway, we've taken it. So what are the stats then on uh, testicular cancer in, in Ireland, for example? Just so people can have the, a picture. The diagnosis, I, I don't know. I know it's a 95% success rate on 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 cure 95 percent that's a big yeah one. um we, so do, we actually don't have better, a stat lads. of diagnoses but it's it's definitely the earlier the better when i was 23 i remember the doctors were saying that i was quite young but now 23 is within the catchment it's 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 okay. late teens up until late 40. teens even okay right. so if you have testicles you have a likelihood of developing testicular right. cancer um so it's it's I don't actually have a stat on the frequency of it, mm. but uh, the success rate being so high, mm. you can just be encouraged by the fact that if you do get to a doctor, absolutely. You, and and also I should note that the thing that happened my hip and my joint that's very rare and specific to me. Don't like, right. So many people I've talked to went in, got their got their uh, orchiectomy, or if they needed chemo, and then got so grand back to life, back to normality. Yeah. Very very soon, some people can continue working through treatment and, and different things. So it's it's not to paint a bad picture. Of what you know, your success rate's huge. Yeah. So just just get it checked. Have you talked about it on stage? Do you talk about it? On I stage? don't. I don't. I I never did, and I won't write a show about it or anything okay. like that. Because just because I to tour that for a year, that time, I've just people want to come in from my side. People yeah. have written them. Edwin Salmon has a brilliant show about his uh, battle of cancer. Yeah. Des Yeah, and Des is a talk brilliantly about it yes so there are brilliant shows out there but just for me i'm like 
I want to go into a club and just talk, just just chill out. I don't, I don't yeah. want to be doing that. But there are brilliant people who are doing brilliant talk, stuff about yeah. it. Just be funny, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. the one thing about doing a theme show, you 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 limit yourself. You have a funny thought on the way about yeah. buses, and you're like, shit, yeah. where can I put that into my cancer story? <laughs> uh, so yeah. absolutely, man, it's been an absolute pleasure. Genuinely, um, I'm genuinely very uh, grateful that you came on. It's been a an education in it for me as well. Good. Um, if anyone is looking to uh, sign up, raise some money for Movember, they should get onto the, what's the website? Movember.com. Movember. There's a Movember app that makes it all so easy. Okay, uh, right. You can and on you there. can do one of those options, be it the 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 running, the move, muster. go, move, grow, move. or host. Move, grow, host. And what's the hosting one again? Just have have a party, have, have people a party over, a fundraiser, you come down at me type thing, booking Fantastic. on the door. Uh, yeah let's and to follow and to get in touch with Keith to give him uh, a message of everything on Instagram at yeah, at one Keith Fox at one Keith Fox because there is only one thank you so much um, I, will be, I suppose we'll just be we'll be plugging Movember when when the time comes Absolutely. and all, it's going to be an amazing Movember to you, for sure you is. Yeah. look how it's all come full circle congratulations man cheers. and thank you so much for coming on thank you for having me cheers It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.